Uh, hit record. We hit the start button, and now we make a magic on the show. Cause the show is full of magic. Go hit the start button. Go. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Thanks for being here. It is Tuesday, May 10th. 2022 holy cow mercury is in retrograde whoa bro free mcchicken sandwiches and burgers and stuff why is mcdonald's giving away free food we'll tell you about it no i'm not kidding mercury is in retrograde what does that even mean yeah you should look it up it has to do with emotions and your your astrology sign and and being emotional and stuff you know yeah your sign yeah uh, <laughs> so we'll talk about how you can get free food. We should talk about calories and working out. I only had 2,200 calories yesterday. That's not a lot. Um, anyway, make sure, speaking of calories, you shop our affiliate links below on this podcast or find YouTube broadcasts that you are partaking in right now. Um, there's all kinds of good stuff. You no, know, speaking of food, our protein bars. Everybody asks us about, well, what protein bars do you guys eat? What's the best protein bar? One bars. One bars are the best protein bars. I don't care what nobody says. One bars are the best protein bars. But what about like, um, what do they call the bars down at BYU? Built bars. Built bars. What about built bars? Yeah, one bars. And she took offense. Yeah, I mean, she took offense. Uh, it's it's one bars. There's an affiliate link for that. There's all kinds of good stuff. Shop our affiliate links. It helps the channel. Please shop our affiliate links now so I can make more money off of you. Um, Do that. By the way, by the way, by the way, did you send out t-shirts yesterday? Yes, I did. Holy cow, Mercury's in retrograde. It's the fucking vernal equinox. You sent out out t-shirts yesterday. I did it, bro. I'm proud of you. And I trolled everybody while I was doing it. I walk into the UPS store yesterday literally line out the door and then there's me i'm the cool kid right labels already printed taped onto the box stack ready of boxes walk in there walk out see you later losers it's me <laughs> you walk in there with an armful of t-shirt packages and just send them out by the way uh if you buy a t-shirt from us you get five to one entries uh for the x or excuse me for the playstation giveaway yeah, careful, that we are doing careful ps5 giveaway coming up at five thousand subscribers we got to get serious about it because we're actually meteorically rising through mercury and retrograde what the fuck are you talking about um you know uh we are at 40 55 for uh 40 54 for subscribers now here on this fine youtube channel yeah um we picked up over 390 subs in the last couple of weeks, according to YouTube. So we appreciate you for that. Make sure you hit subscribe. If you're here now, please give us a like. And without further ado, let's talk about this here fine program and Quinn Snyder, the head coach of your Utah Jazz. So Quinn had his hip replaced and then decided to meet with the media yesterday. And I actually thought it was a a fairly compelling season-ending press conference, far more compelling than what Justin Zanuck gave us last week. 
But one question that I had, and my main takeaway from Quinn Snyder meeting with the media is, is Quinn Snyder committed in the long term to being the head coach of the Utah Jazz? You hear this answer, and it makes you wonder. You know, appreciate the things, you know, that Ryan's doing. Um, Have great respect for him and his vision for the franchise. Um, And then, you know, working with Justin and Danny has been great. You know, uh, obviously have tremendous respect for them. Uh, So, you know, beyond that, I think I've, you know, continue to 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 maintain that I'm I'm not going to discuss my contractual situation publicly. That's just not something that um, that I'm that I want to do or I'm comfortable doing. Quinn Snyder, the current head coach of the Utah Jazz. By the way, as we first reported in March. Quinn Snyder has one year left on his contract and a mutual option. So if Quinn Snyder wants to be the head coach, let's get a couple of things straight. He will be the head coach because the Utah Jazz are not going to fire Quinn Snyder. Um, Sources have continued to tell us that they like Quinn Snyder. They like working with Quinn. They believe their roster is the issue. It is not a coaching problem. But the bigger question, Jake, in listening to that bite, I wonder, does Quinn Snyder want to be the head coach of the Utah Jazz? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he still wants to be the head coach of the Utah Jazz, but I but I think what he's never going to do is get into the, hey, I want this or I want that or, you know, I, I need this contractually or whatever. That's just not how Quinn goes about it. And and I can respect that. Uh, I'm certainly not criticizing him for that. Um, I, I think the reality of the situation is he has one year left. He'll be here. You know, I, I, I think he definitely is going to play out that contract. But I, as far as the future is concerned, I don't know. I mean, a, a year from now, many different opportunities could arise. And being that it's the last year on his deal, who knows what he's interested in or what, what, what his outlook is. You know, I mean, he, he, he said in that presser yesterday – um, that his family likes it here, that his kids like it here, you know, like, so it seems to me that he's essentially saying that he does want to coach the team and he does want to be here, but we all know how this goes. You know, it's like, it was like, you know, this whole deal with the Kalani Sataki extension and that taking forever. It was like, let's go ahead and get that done. You know, let's lock him up. And I think it's the same thing for the jazz with Quinn. You don't want to be in the situation where you have to find Another head coach, because as you know, we said on the show yesterday, and we've been saying, there's not a good uh, replacement for Quinn Snyder. He's one of the best coaches in the league. So I, I, yeah, I think he does want to be here. I just think he he wants to make sure that moves are made on the roster. He's tired of coaching this particular group of guys, and he's tired of you know, trying to figure out how to compensate for a lack of athleticism. But it's interesting you say he's tired of coaching this group of guys. Listen to this bite here. Quinn Snyder believed that this group of guys could do something special. You know, processing just the fact that your season's over when, you know, I really, really believe that, you know, we just kind of needed a spark and uh, we had a chance to do something special that didn't happen. So there's, you know, a sense of loss, you know, in that sense. There's a sense of loss in that sense. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm curious, was there a message in that bite? Because when you hear Quinn Snyder say that there was a loss in a sense because we felt like we could do something special with this group, he's not the most convincing guy in that statement. We had a chance to do something special. That didn't happen. So there's a sense of loss in that sense. Did you have 
the chance to do something special with this group. I, I don't necessarily think they were they had a chance to do something special. I mean, I, I guess, you know, if you put yourself in Quinn's shoes, I understand why maybe you would believe that and why maybe you, you know, want that to be the case. But I, I, I just don't think that they were talented enough or athletic enough to keep up. And, and, and that's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. Uh, you know, I, I see this whole concept or conversation running around Twitter the last couple of days about how the Jazz had the top three offense the last, you know, three years or whatever, had the best offense the last three years. You know, and, and the frustrating thing is, like, that's what the Jazz fan base and Jazz media and Jazz community as a whole likes to do. Oh, well, we had a great offense the last three years, so that means that nobody should change? No. No. No, that means that you had a decent offense, but as soon as the three didn't start to fall, then, you know, the trials, the tribulations, the adversity, the hurdles you have to go through start to kind of rear their ugly head. And, and again, when you're not making your threes, and, and whether this isn't a game-by-game situation or or throughout a, a, a series against Dallas, you can't shoot 22% against Dallas from three and think you're going to exactly win. Exactly right. You just can't do it. And the real problem with that, if we're really getting down to brass tacks, is you can't put yourself in a situation from a roster standpoint where you need to shoot 40% to win a ball game because the defense in the league is too good. You have to be able to get to the line. You have to be able to effectively control the mid-range uh, on the floor. And if you do that, then guys like Boyan Bogdanovich or anybody you want to point to who's standing wide open in the corner, then you will get that wide open look and they will most likely make those. So that's why I say it's just a flawed concept throughout. Now, I want to be really clear. I'm not sitting here saying that Quinn Snyder's a, a flawed coach for trying to coach this team and going about it the way they went about it on offense. I don't sincerely think he had another choice. No. I mean, with this roster, there was no other way that you were going to go. It was kind of this situation where you were basically, Quinn was basically put in a situation where it was like, all right, well, you're not nearly athletic enough uh, on, on the wing or on the perimeter to keep up with most teams in the league at this point. So you know you're going to give up quite a bit of quite a bit on defense. So then that then means that you are going to have to stay in the game by shooting the three ball at a high rate. So whether the last three years, if you think about it, whether it's injuries, whether it's can't make a three, whether it's losing composure with the officiating, these things are exacerbated by but, all this. Uh, but look at the Warriors win last night. Mm-hmm. They shot terrible. Uh, Clay Thompson, I believe, was 0 of 7 from the floor last night. Yeah. Like, they were a brick-laying mother. Right. And they still found a way to win because they play smart basketball. They still found a way to win because as much as you hate Draymond Green, Draymond Green gets a critical shot block and a rebound and sets it, it sets a defensive stance higher out of the paint to keep, you know, like, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. from scoring. Like, all these high IQ plays. And, oh, by the way, they made 20 and 22 free throws. Like you can, you don't need to make threes to win games. Right. But I think you have to be athletic and I think you have to be smart. That was the issue with this team. So when I hear Quinn Snyder talking about, oh, we could have done something special, I don't think they could have. And so I go back to like expectations this past season and I wonder whose expectation was it that this team was going to be special? Because we had a chance to do something special that. Because it wasn't mine. Yeah. And I don't think it was a lot of people. You know, but. But you hear the media in this town talking about how disappointing this season was. Uh You hear the fans in this town talking about how they thought this was the year. And I'm like, dude, what do you like? I just don't understand the misplaced expectations. 
right? Because you didn't get better. You didn't get deeper. So it's specifically to Quinn Snyder. The other equation here is what if Quinn Snyder quits? Yeah. What if? Are you the Sacramento Kings who hired a, a retread in Mike Brown? Are you going to go and find somebody that is unproven as an assistant coach? And, you know, like it, it, it how many times are we going to talk about Sam Cassell on this show? Or does Sam Cassell move the needle in that locker room? Because I'm telling you, he doesn't. Yeah. To me, Quinn Snyder is one of the most important acquisitions of this offseason. I think before the season tips off, you need to sign him to an extension. Yeah. I think you need to remake this roster. Excuse me. You need to remake this roster, and you need to sign Quinn Snyder to a contract extension. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, and I, I think, you know, having a coach who's on an expiring deal is never a good situation. And, and But I also think that one thing that we need to be very clear about is when they move Rudy, because they will move Rudy, when that happens, there's no measurement or way to calculate how much of an impact that has on your locker room and the flow and the chemistry that these guys will have. I would agree uh, with I, that. I, I think that, that like on the floor as an example, when in the Dallas series, Quinn was playing small ball and trying to pick up the pace, you saw a different version of Donovan Mitchell come alive. You know, you saw a different version of the offense come alive. So my biggest question is, okay, yeah, sure, when you move Rudy, A, what do you get back for Rudy that you can implement on the floor? But then B, and and probably more importantly, how does Rudy Gobert not being in the locker room affect the chemistry and affect the conversations and affect the vibe? Because I look at, like, your Memphises or your Phoenixes or any yeah. of these teams left in the postseason, those guys like coming to work every day. Those guys like playing with each other. Those guys operate as a unit, and this team for most of the season did not do that. So that, I think, is also something that they, they need to address. Well, what I find interesting, again, and I just compare the Jazz to teams that are in the playoffs. Yeah. Because I think that's what you have to do. If you want to get better, I think you have to compare yourself to those that are better than you, that are doing what you want to be doing. Um, I look at even the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks don't have great team chemistry. Um, there's a lot of people who believe that, that a guy like Luka Doncic is not popular with his teammates. They wind up sending Kristaps Porzingis out. You bring in all these new guys. They're finding ways to win games. Yeah. Right. Cause they have great spirit. I look at the, the, the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics are not a team where you're like, man, that team chemistry is off the chart. They have, they have three, four five guys that make an impact. And then, oh, by the way, Al Horford has a career high. 30-point playoff performance last night to win them the game. Clearly, Al Horford is why they won that game. That motherfucker don't miss, Not man. last night he didn't. And and to that, for me, that kind of performance is what this bench doesn't have. Yeah. That kind of performance is what this roster doesn't have, where you get three, four guys that are contributing at a high level, where you're getting – the Jordan Pools, and you're getting the Gary Payton, the, you know, you're getting the Al Horford, you're getting the Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson's, Maxi Klebas of the world. You're getting guys that are, are maligned like a James Harden having a huge performance for the Sixers. Yeah. You know, like these are all things that you're seeing happening in front of you, and the Jazz just aren't capable of that. And so you can put, Anybody you want to be the head coach, 
it's not going to matter because you are you're you're trying to compete with an inferior roster. Keep it real. So again, not to be redundant, it, does Quinn Snyder want to be the head coach of this team? I think that's up in the air. I think that's a question that's yet to be answered. I think Quinn Snyder very intelligently is waiting to see what this roster becomes. I want to play this bite one more time. I just to emphasize what he says here. You know, appreciate the things, you know, that Ryan's doing. Um have great respect for him and his vision for the franchise. Um, and then, you know, working with Justin and Danny has been great, you know, uh, obviously have tremendous respect for them. Uh, so, you know, beyond that, I think I've, you know, continue to, to, to maintain that I'm, I'm not going to discuss um, my contractual situation publicly. That's just not something that, um, that I'm, that I want to do or I'm comfortable doing. Utah Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder right there. I mean, and I understand there there's always been an agreement between the club and the coach that they would not reveal the terms of his deal. And so I understand that he had an opportunity to, to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Hey, yeah, this is my club. Hey. And instead he took a pass on that and he really said nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, I think he played the line perfectly. I, I, what I hear Quinn saying there is he likes working with <clears throat> those specific guys, but I also think we can take, uh, you know, some some points out of what he didn't say. To your point, like you notice, he didn't hear him say, "Hey, I love, I love, I love this team, and I, I, I love these these players, and they're the best thing." Like that's not what he's saying. He's saying that, hey. I believe in this front office, but essentially without saying it, I think this roster needs change. I mean, that's, I know I'm surmising there and I know I'm speaking for him a bit, but when you have the opportunity to say things and you don't say them and you're Quinn Snyder, you're very cerebral, you're very intelligent, you're very, you're, you're at the top of your profession damn near, like, you know what you're doing. And so not to criticize him, but I really want to emphasize this. He didn't come out and give some glowing, you know, uh, statement about how great this roster is and I, I can't wait to be back and we're going to run it back next year. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I love working for Danny, Ryan, and Justin Zanuck, right? But I'm not going to talk about my contract. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I love working for these guys. There's change needed. If the change happens, I'm going to be here. If it doesn't, I'm probably not going to renew. That's essentially what I feel like he said there. That's my honest opinion. I don't know. I, I, I think there is, you know, one of the things that I think is so interesting is that there's just so little. And, and again, this is just my opinion. It's just my opinion. There's so little known about Quinn Snyder. What do we really know about him? Oh, good coach, family man. What do you really know about him? You know, remember Bronco used to paddleboard across Utah Lake. <laughs> what do we know about Quinn Snyder? Yeah, you don't. You don't. He's a very reclusive, private man. And I like that. And I respect that. And I think he fits in perfectly with this ball club. Yep. With this community. I just don't know that we value him enough as a as a as a city, as a town, as a as a state, as a fan base. I don't believe that Quinn Snyder's value enough. I I really don't. And I I think that this the change in this roster is going to be significant. And, you know, I think a couple of the other things that I think you really got to talk about are what guys on this roster are capable of stepping up because 
again, I, I, I think it is imperative that this is the greatest offseason that Donovan Mitchell's ever had. Yeah. I think Donovan Mitchell has to come to work in September and he has to be a much better defensive player. I think Donovan Mitchell has to come to work in September and he has to be a much better mid-range player. Yeah. But I think Donovan Mitchell has to come to work in September and have a better mental game. He has to have a better physical game. This has to be a life-altering offseason for Donovan Mitchell because now this club is built around him. And remember I'm saying this on May 10th of 2022. This has to be a transformative offseason for Donovan Mitchell because he is the straw that stirs the jazz drink. From Quinn Snyder to Rudy Gobert to Ryan Smith to every fan listening to this show, Donovan Mitchell is the most significant question mark surrounding this team. Yeah. Because if Don's gone, my guess is Quinn's gone. If Rudy's gone, my guess Quinn stays. If Donovan Mitchell comes back the same player that he is today when he shows up in training camp, this team is doomed. Yeah. He has to improve. If the Jazz bring back Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell together, they both have to be significantly different players. They have to be. Because this team will not win with them being the same players they are. Look at this bullshit with Rudy Gobert and Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> like this, this out of Rudy Gobert infuriates me. No, Rudy's a great player, fine defensive player, but he offers nothing on the offensive end. Like he has no post moves. You know, like I think Rudy Gobert can hold you to like twelve points. Oh. Yeah, in the first three minutes. <laughs> in the first, yeah, in the first. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, it's against my religion for somebody to hold me one on one. I take that personally. I do. And you know what I'm gonna do with him? He's a shot block. He can't shoot a shot. You gotta back his little skinny ass up under the rim. And then, and then, you know, show him the bow so he gets scared. Well, hey, well, hey. And then just go up. Bye bye. Wait, 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 wait. What was that? Bro. Shade. So that's Shaquille O'Neal on a podcast talking about Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And if you're Rudy Gobert in this situation, and this is just my opinion, right? If you're Rudy Gobert in this situation, you don't say a word. And this is part of the issue with Rudy Gobert. He is soft. Yeah. He is soft. So what did Rudy Gobert say? I would lock his ass up. I would lock his ass up. Mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert tweeted, I would lock his ass up in reference to Shaq. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I want to wrap my head around Rudy Gobert. I want to understand and look, I, I get it. I know that Rudy is somebody that takes a lot of heat. You cannot tweet that. You cannot you cannot tweet, I would lock his ass up. Because I got news for you. Nobody's locking Shaq up. Nobody ever locked Shaq up. Shaq locked Shaq up. Nobody ever locked him up. He is easily, and again, I wanna I want people to understand I covered him in the best years of his career with the Lakers. When Shaq was a was an LA Laker, Shaq and Kobe, the dynasty years, Phil Jackson, I was there every single day. He's by far 
the most dominant player I've ever seen. Oh, and I've, for real. I've seen Michael Jordan. I've seen Kobe Bryant. I've seen LeBron James. And nobody dominated fools the way Shaq dominated fools. With all due respect to Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Because he's an elite defensive player in the paint. He's not locking Shaq up. He's just not. And so my question is, if you are Rudy Gobert, why are you putting yourself in the in the middle of this conversation? Because I think why? he's prideful. I, I think, you know, and, and again, I don't say this to try to hate on the guy, but I think we could agree that Rudy is a pretty prideful guy, whether we're talking about officiating or the Donovan Mitchell dynamic or, or Shaq. I mean, the guy, Rudy is not going to let you know, somebody, you know, talk a bunch of junk about him. But I agree with you. I mean, I mean, you know, when, when, you know, a Hall of Famer, the greatest big of all time, if you will, like a, a guy on Shaq's level says something, I mean, it, it, it should be a compliment to you that he's even talking about you, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I think Rudy doesn't understand. So it is what it is. I mean, Rudy is just, Rudy is just that person who who can't help himself with all due respect. And and, and look, I, I love his defensive game. I love what he's capable of doing at the rim, but but you're not stopping Shaquille O'Neal. It's just not I, 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 you're just not doing it. And it is uh, yeah. The mentality of this team. I brought this Rudy Gobert thing up because I think it's important to talk about the mentality of this team. This is one of the major issues with this ball club. Yeah. Is that this team is weak mentally? And that is my one consistent knock of Quinn Snyder is that I think you have to build mental toughness into your teams. The team that stops talking to officials, the team that stops talking to the other team, mm -hmm. the team that focuses on themselves will be the next super team in this league. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a life hack to not give a shit. What everybody else thinks is a life hack. Your life becomes so much simpler when you have a small circle of people who are important to you and you don't care what other people think. Thanks. That makes your life so much simpler. And yet Rudy Gobert can never embrace that. He's never been able to be that guy. Donovan clearly cares what people think. And in my opinion, that's Quinn Snyder's major shortcoming as a coach is that he does not build mental toughness into their ball club. And it's one of the things I'd really love to see him adjust and do differently. I would love to see this Utah jazz team become a mentally tough group of guys. Yeah. And to do that, you're going to have to change the roster because Boyan is in this conversation as well. I yeah. mean, bogey is just a guy that whines and complains all the time. He flops all the time yeah. on both ends of the floor. The, the guy that I th you're probably your most mentally tough player is Mike Conley, and he's just broken down at this point. Mike Conley is losing a, a fist fight with Father Time, who, by the way, still, to my knowledge, is undefeated. Yeah. In millions and millions and billions of fights. Father Time is undefeated. My point is, this team's got to get better mentally. Because basketball-wise, it's fine. There, If you put guys in that can shoot threes and rebound, this team's going to be fine. Yeah. Mentally, they're going to get beat on a, on a regular basis. All right, let's get your thoughts in here. Uh, talking about Quinn Snyder and the Jazz. Edgar Garcia says, what's up, players? You sons of gun casuals. Right, right. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, casual. Le Leonard Donnan Endelove says, we back. What's up, my man? 
Uh, the Nye Guy, good morning, dudes. What's up, Nye Guy? Good to see you, my friend. Neville93, lovely to see you as well. Good morning, people. I had a question about Quinn. Snyder, you think he wants to be here? I don't know if he wants to be here. I think he does want I to be here. I think he does want to be here as long as it's not with this roster. Yeah, that's what I, I agree with that. I think he wants to be here with a different roster. And Garcy says, morning, grumpy ashes. Okay. Uh, JJ Marsh says, good morning. If Quinn had a better roster, the Jazz would win more. Players, players. Yeah, I agree, I JJ. Agree. Totally. Guy says, I think Quinn is sitting back waiting uh, like we are for what's going to uh, to happen roster wise. I would agree with that enough with the excuses that Quinn didn't have the right players for his game plan. Why didn't he adjust to his player strengths? And Garcy wants to know Well, I mean, did what he not adjust to make, right? But did he not adjust to their strengths? Did he not take Rudy out of the paint? Did he not put Rudy in the corner to open up driving lanes for Donovan and Conley? Is it, is it his fault that Mike Conley shoots under, under 35% in the paint now? Is it his fault that the team shot 22% from three in the series? I don't think it is. Like, he has put guys in. I mean, the the ISO basketball that this team plays, plays to, I think, their top end. The issue is that he, he waited. If you want to complain about his adjustments, I think he waited too long to pull Rudy Gobert out of the paint. I think he waited too long to play small ball. He should have been playing small ball in, in March and April. Yeah. And instead, you wind up losing to, to Dallas – trying to adjust on the fly, which, yeah, I agree. That's a valid criticism of, of Quinn Snyder. He should have adjusted more quickly. Uh, if Quinn quit, whoa, hey now, comment dump. Um, sorry, Garcy, I lost your uh, your other comment there. If Quinn quits, bring Ingles into coach. Stop. Nah, guy, stop. Uh, Brandon Whiteset says, what happens when the next player comes in, challenges Mitchell's lack of defense? Mitchell needs to step up watching that Memphis defense uh, or Dallas defense seems like their players try to guard. Well, I mean, you just you're talking about apples and oranges. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell absolutely has to be a better defender. There's no doubt about that. But you look at the 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 thing that makes Memphis so tenacious defensively. The thing that makes Boston and Milwaukee so tenacious defensively is they have five guys on the floor at any given time that are athletic and really good defenders. You look at even having Al Horford on the floor. Al Horford's able to switch onto multiple players and still be a good perimeter defender. You look at Jalen Brown playing excellent defense, banging in the paint with, with Giannis. You look at Memphis. You look Golden State. You look at you look at the way that Draymond Green was able to impact that ball game last night from the center position, guarding. He, I mean, he's literally guarding Desmond Bain on two huge possessions in the second quarter. Yeah. And Desmond Bain has a terrible night because he saw a lot of rotations and he saw a lot of Klay Thompson. He saw a lot of Steph Curry. He saw a lot of Draymond Green. And as a team, Golden State defends really well. As a team, the Utah Jazz are not a very good defensive team. They can't rotate. You're asking Boyan Bogdanovich to cover a lot of ground because Rudy Gobert can't cover a lot of ground. Okay, well, that's one thing. But, oh, by the way, they also don't communicate at all defensively. Yeah. So you're you're comparing apples to oranges. You can't compare how good Boston is defensively to how bad the Jazz are because they don't have the same caliber of player. Yeah, and I don't think that the belief was there as a unit. That's the thing. Like, I think one thing that gets majorly discounted or skipped is is the belief as a as five guys together 
def- on the defensive end. I, I mean, uh, you look at any of these teams. I mean, you know, Val, we've got the Warrior highlights on in the background, or you know, you look at like you were saying Boston or any of these teams that are left. All these teams to get to this point, you have to have belief in one another and you have to have the ability to play as a unit and I think Golden State's a really good example of this because of how dramatically Steph Curry's made himself over I mean you look at the muscle that Steph Curry's added to that frame look at Andrew Wiggins watching that game staying up far too late last night um Andrew Wiggins is now a wanting willing three-point defender mm-hmm. I mean, like it just it, it is so much more than what you're being taught you have to want to You have to have, like, the biggest issue for Donovan Mitchell is he just has terrible footwork. But he also is not a confident defender. Yeah. And so I look at at guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. He's just not physically capable. Yeah. That's one thing. Like, okay, Boyan's not physically capable. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have the tools. He is physically capable, but it's almost like, hey – We've got to, you know, we've got to put the sway bar in place to connect to the strut and the shock and the, yeah, the stabilizer. Yeah, put it all together and stuff. Like yeah. all the parts are there. He doesn't have the tools to attach all the parts. Yeah, yet. he doesn't have a wrench. So he's got to put that together. And, and in this league, development largely has gone from a team game to an individual game. You really have to have productive summers. You have to get better on your own. So... I think there's this is a very, very, very big, big summer for Donovan Mitchell. I yeah. can only say that so many times. Uh, James Knight says pure speculation. So let me get this straight. He loves working for the guys that played a role in the roster he's not happy with. Not at all. I think this roster is largely Dennis Lindsay's roster. Yeah. I think that they could have made changes at the trade deadline that would have satiated Quinn. But they chose not to do that because I think Danny Ainge knows what we've said for a long time, that foundational changes happen in the summer. Rarely do they happen with James Harden at the trade deadline. Yeah. Those kind of trades are very rare for a reason. So I don't think Justin Zanuck's at fault. I think the I think the issue is is that you're looking at you're looking at a situation where Quinn Snyder does have a roster that I, I just don't think you know, frankly, I, I don't think that you have the, the pieces. Um, you know, it's interesting. One of the interesting things that happens is that people message me in vanishing mode uh-huh. and I can never get there fast enough. Uh-huh. I can never get there fast enough. Right. But I think what this one person in particular in vanishing mode was trying to tell me was that Quinn Snyder wants to be here but the circumstances right now are preventing him from committing long term to this team right and I think one of the biggest question marks and I think one of the questions around the NBA what is Danny Ainge doing how involved is Danny Ainge and who's the one guy we have not heard from Ryan Smith no Danny Ainge has anybody seen a Danny Ainge interview has anybody seen a Danny Ainge press conference because I've seen Zanuck and I've seen Quinn I have not seen Danny Ainge. I have not heard from Danny Ainge. I think that needs to happen. It needs to happen. We need to know how 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 are your hands on the wheel here, bud, or what are we doing? You know, like it's very interesting how quiet Danny Ainge has been. 
Yeah, I think that was part of the agreement of him working for them, though. I don't think that he wants to deal with the media or any of that. Well, you can want not to deal with the media. The media is part of this gig, in, in, unless you're in Salt Lake City and then, you know. Don't get me started. Anyway, um, yeah, the point is, the point is, the media is part of this gig. It absolutely is. Gabe Leatherly says, Monty show number 711, Slurpees for everyone. Thank you. Um, um, James Knight says, Shaq is a big mouth. Has been. Um, you've had your time in the sun, Shaq. Go away. But here's the problem. He's the best center in the history of the NBA. Yeah. And he is, by most people's account, the most dominant player yeah. in the history of the NBA. Like, I, I don't think he has to go away. I really don't. Ryan yeah. Buckley says, morning, guys. Shaq isn't wrong about Gobert, though. Truth. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, my man, what's up? And stop talking about, you know what, Jeremy? God, dude, fucking. Alex Caruso is not a marijuana addict. He smokes for therapeutic reasons. His knee hurts. Sometimes, okay, maybe. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, I love Rudy, but Shaq would look to send Rudy into the shadow realm. If the they... <laughs> shadow realm. Exactly. If they played each other in their prime. Thank you. Thank you. Giggity says Shaq would make Judy his bitch. Judy. Wow. Wow. Giggity, good morning. Brandon Whiteside says Tag shut Shaq down till Shaq punched him in the face. Who's Tag? I don't understand that. I don't understand that either. Shaq and Draymond are the ones stirring the pot. Don't disagree with that. Um, because Rudy is the first player to, to react to tweets? Come on, stop it. No, it's not that Rudy's the first player... How do you miss this concept? Who said that? James Knight. How do you miss this concept? With First all due of respect, all, James. wait, wait, wait. Where's my beer? You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. He ain't going to send beer. He ain't doing it, Second dude. Second of all, I agree with you. It's not that he replied to a tweet. It's that you're, you're Rudy Gobert. You got to stay above that. You got to stay. There's no reason. What good when you, when you are Rudy Gobert and you've had the worst two years of your career yeah, and you've had just horrendous moments and you just signed a contract that universally everybody says is a joke. Arguably yesterday I was listening to a podcast that said that Rudy Gobert and Russell Westbrook are competing for the worst contracts in the NBA. This man was a bona fide scrub. And you're going to say that you are you would lock up Shaquille O'Neal. You would lock his ass up. It's just not a good thing Instead, to do. What you should have done is you should have said, I appreciate you talking about me, Shaq. Thank you. Thanks for keeping my name in the, in the, in the spotlight. Really appreciate that. And what he should have said is Shaq's a great player. I have a lot of respect for him. And just that he's even mentioning me in, in comment, like be sarcastic about it in the other Troll direction. Troll him. Troll in him. In the other direction. Yes. Right? Like it's, it's not that difficult. By the way, my biceps are so incredibly sore. Like I, I, working out sucks. Don't do what it. What do you bench? Don't do it. 225. Shaq and Draymond are the ones stirring the pot. Yes. Arich Devera says Rudy with his defensive player of the year skill, including all his BS in and in and out court and jazz and teammates are okay. As long as his contract is around $24 million a year. Correct. You know, the problem is are we clear you, on that. You know, it's 41. Uh, John Jackson says, yeah, we expect more from Rudy. Uh, Night guy says you go bear fans are up at night, up in the night. Did you watch the same games I did? Who did he lock down this year? Seriously, that's the problem. 
That's the problem. There's not posting and stuff. Um, Big Dog O-Town, what's up, my man? Shout out to Mo Bamba. I really don't think a lot of these Jazz fans understand the importance of athleticism when it comes to the NBA game. It's not church ball and the different church wards ball. competing with each other. Shout out to Mo Bamba. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Correct. It's not church ball. Danny Ainge will talk at the, the completion of the playoffs, James Knight says. I hope so. Erich Devera says, the reason Ainge is quiet is because he's stuck in a mess left by Dennis. Uh, even he is speechless. That's probably true. Ryan Buckley says, 85% of NBA players smoke weed. They do. Yeah. I would agree with that. Ostertag. Shaq punched him in the face in a shooting facility <clears throat> because Tag was shutting him down. No, I totally disagree with that. So I talked to Greg Ostertag about this during his time in Sacramento. And the the great the the one of the, the the more enjoyable guys to deal with was Greg Ostertag. And we I I don't remember the exact details of it. This was some time ago now. But talking to Greg Ostertag about um the dominance of the center position, Tag knew that was coming to an end. Greg Ostertag was well aware of who he was as a player. And I think he, the thing I loved about Greg Ostertag is he never took himself too seriously. He got dominated at times. Yeah. He got dominated at times. And I do think that, that Shaq and Greg Ostertag had their moments. There's no doubt about that. that. Oh yeah. There's, there is, there yeah. is no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, you know, like it is, it's, it's, he's one of those guys. I saw Greg Ostertag buying a ladder at Home Depot. Kind of really random. Ha ha, Jackson Graham says. What the fuck? Shaq doesn't buy uh, ladders at Home Depot. Greg Ostertag does. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, I, I just think that it's, it's, what, what, when you look at the Shaq versus Oster, Ostertag, you know, the slap of Greg Ostertag. Yeah. Was amazing. Like, yeah. it was. Never would be allowed in today's game. But no. back then it was amazing. No, and it is. It's. I, I, I'm pulling up the video of that because I haven't seen this video. Have you ever seen this video, Jake? I think I have. Yeah. It. It is. It is a fairly remarkable moment in time, right? And when you look at the way that Shaq handled stuff, yes, it was 1999. That's right. Like the Shaq Oster tag stuff was was amazing. And you look at the way that, that yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, it's it's, it's wild. It is wild. It is. That's and, what I'm saying. Like Rudy, with all due respect to Rudy, you're not you and nobody else is gonna stop. You know, Los Angeles Lakers Shaquille O'Neal because he had a hook shot and he could shoot it a little bit and he had a bank shot and it was and he was more he was more of a brute than you were. Like he was going to out physical you every single night, man. And that's just what it is. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot Dennis Rodman was on that 1999 Laker team. What a disaster that, like, that look was. At, look at the – in these videos, go on YouTube and search this, like Shaq and Ostertag. Look it up. Dude, y you have their entire defense collapsing on Shaq, and he's still getting to the rim. Yeah, you have four guys playing playing Shaquille O'Neal. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It is. Like, this, this for Rudy, it, wasn't, it has nothing to do with just replying to the tweet. You had an opportunity to positively troll Shaq, yeah. and you didn't do it. Yeah, and it's pretty amazing the ability that Shaq has. 
even on bad shooting nights. And I mean, it's, it's remarkable. Because he can just go through you. That's the thing. That's what makes him the best big. He can just outpower you. Yeah. Cause he dips that show. You, you, everybody remembers Shaq. Like you put that shoulder down mm-hmm. and I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And he had great footwork. Yeah. It's pretty amazing that, that Ostertag competed. Uh, Greg Ostertag enjoyed Shaquille O'Neal. He enjoyed competing against Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. He enjoyed their their battles. And Shaq had his moments. Yeah. Shaq is good. The, the thing is, there's no shame in getting dunked on by Shaquille O'Neal. But that's what guys like Rudy don't understand. There's just no shame in it. And and so, the, anyway, we could go on and on. Look at Ty, Ru's, Ty Lue's jump shot. You're not that guy, pal. Trust you're, you're, me. You're, you're not, not that, that guy. guy. Right? Like, so... I, I I don't know, man. I just think that that you we get so caught up in who's better than who, and yeah, you know, like I just don't think I, I, you don't need to go against a guy like Shaquille O'Neal in the public spotlight when you're making forty one million dollars a year and you're and you're struggling and you're part of the reason that that the Jazz are struggling. Yeah. Man, he has a Shaq was hitting fadeaway jump, uh, fadeaway hook shots. Yeah, dude. Yes. Like, <laughs> You forget how good Shaq was. Like, if you watch what he did. Yeah, dude, he owned people. It's unbelievable. Unstoppable, bro. Unbelievable what he was able. Like, I haven't watched Shaq highlights in. Yeah, dude. I mean, years. Yeah. But to watch the way that that he dominated in the paint. Yeah. The, to watch the way that him and Ostertag battled each other is is crazy. Yeah. And that Shaq and Kobe were on the same team is wild. Is ridiculous. Dude. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Y'all want to play. What are you supposed to do with that, you're man? You're supposed to lose. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I think you are. I think you are. It's it's crazy that it's crazy that that happened. I just don't know, like, what you are supposed to do with that. Nothing. I really don't. There and, you go. Anyway, just watching the Shaq. Go watch Shaq highlights. If you haven't watched Shaq highlights, go watch Shaq highlights. Because he was unbelievable. And the 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 Oster tag battles were, were awesome. Were awesome. But you're just not going to get... You're not going to get... Oh, and the Carl Malone foul. Like, there are so many memories. Yeah, you need to turn that off. You there are, that yeah, off. I need you to turn that off. There are bro. so turn many memories in the, in the Shaq... Laker, oh my God, it's unbelievable. You know, like it is unbelievable. Yeah, Shaq was also shooting air balls from the free throw line too. Who cares? Who cares? Like, see, that's the thing I don't understand. I love it. Jazz fans hate on a, on a Laker legend because he misses free throws, even though he was the most dominant big in the history of the league. Yeah, I, I just because Rudy has an air ball free throws. Yeah, who cares if he? I just, I, I don't. I'm not. I have respect for just about all of these guys we're talking about. Like, how do you not respect Shaquille O'Neal? You don't have to like him. You you don't have to like like I don't. Who do who is a player I hate? LeBron James. I can't stand LeBron. I respect the hell out of LeBron James. Yeah. Like, I mean, how do you not? Yeah. I mean, it, it, anyway. Anyway, what do you make of uh, Boston last night? I mean, they're a gritty team. I I think it was. I think Al Horford was sensational. I think it's it's exactly what they needed. And they're just going to continue to battle Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee ends up edging them out, but I think that that was a hell of a game for sure. Yeah, I think that I am so impressed with Jason Tatum. 
I mean, the, he had so much pressure on him last night mm -hmm. because of how poorly he played in game three. To come back and put up 30 and, and just defend the way that that team defended was so impressive to me. Mm -hmm. And then you look at what's on the table tonight. I think tonight's a huge game for Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yeah. Uh, you have, this is not, there's no question this is a must win. I mean, at some point, at some point, and I feel like Tatum has take, taken a step ahead, but at some point, Book has got to have that game in this series. Like, I don't know if that's tonight or if that's like later in the series, but I need 40 point Devin Booker to show up at some point. That's got to happen for them yes. to, to take control of this series. I'm waiting for Book to have that moment where he just breaks out and becomes the guy. Yeah. And I think it's tough to do that because we talk about this every game. I mean, he goes three, four, five possessions without even touching it. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the love-hate relationship with Chris Paul. You know, like it's it's this thing where, you know, it's a very – it's a balance. Like when Chris Paul is hot, Devin Booker is not going to ask for the ball from him. You know, when Chris Paul is doing his thing in the mid-range, that team vibes. You know, that team just flows. And I think when, when, Chris, is, when Chris is struggling – then it's Book's turn. The problem is there are a lot of times when when Book has missed some shots. And and the the real ball breaker about it is you know he can make those shots. You know that he can make the transition three. You know that he can make that little jumper. Like these are just shots that he should make. And and that's why I say like I want him to step into like I want him to get to where Tatum is at as far as his team is concerned. Like I feel like I'm Boston. Jason Tatum is the guy, and everyone else revolves around him. That's what I feel like it is now. All right, little breaking news for you. Tom Brady. Breaking news. Okay. Tom Brady has agreed to become the lead NFL analyst for Fox NFL when he retires. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually excited about this. Why? Why like why is this happening now? Who because oh, because the Derby was on for him once he retired. And I think Tom Brady is, is – this is a brilliant move. This is absolutely a brilliant but move. But why does this need to come out now? You're still playing, dude. Because it allows him to start making money. It allows him – they're going to begin paying him now. My guess is you're going to see exclusives with Tom Brady on their platforms. Okay. And I think you. I think this is a brilliant move. This is really, really smart from Tom Brady. By the way, who's not going to watch Tom Brady become the next Troy Aikman? Yeah. Who's not going to watch Tom Brady become the next yeah. guy? Yeah. He's going to be the next Tony Romo. You're going to want to hear everything that Tom Brady has to say. I think this is brilliant. Yeah. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I, I I don't know if he'll be good at this because I don't know that this is his forte, but we're going to find out. Yeah. I think this is a very – and this is what I've always said about Tom Brady. He is a, a an incredible businessman. He has the ability to seize moments – Face, look what he did with Facebook, his Facebook show. Look what he – like, he understands social media. If you don't follow Tom Brady on social media, you're, you're a fool because he's actually really compelling. Running around in his backyards wearing a helmet and shoulder pads with shorts on throwing footballs to people is compelling to watch Tom Brady do that. I don't know why, but I can't turn it off. Uh -huh. I think Tom Brady is really smart for this. I think he is – this guy's a business tycoon. I'm telling you, he is going to he's going to do really well in that role. All right, speaking of business tycoons, let's talk about NIL after you shop our affiliate links. Check out the links below, man. Everything that you need, there's a link for it below. Energy drink, protein bars, you name it, it's there. Make sure 
You shop our affiliate links in this podcast, live on YouTube. It's all in the description. Check it out. Help the show grow. Um, NIL. So the NCAA yesterday released guidance on NIL. Name, image, and likeness. Notice it's guidance. It Notice is. how many times when we have this conversation, the NCAA tries to gift wrap stuff into like nice nomenclature when it's actually just rules so they can go out and find people. Please continue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly right. Well, the NCAA, who is useless at this point, uh-huh. um, released guidance on the NIL deals. And the, 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 the main thing that you should get a boner over in this release I'm is, sorry. What's, yeah. The main thing you should get a boner over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, uh, Just so you can go to Pound Town. Yeah, exactly. Um, the main thing that should get your blood boiling on this is that the NCAA, you know, just out of nowhere was like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, and we can also go back. Um, even though we just released the guidance today, we can go backwards and punish people for things they've done that um, are against this guidance. Um, what? Um, so just a couple of things on the NCAA. Number one, and probably first and foremost, and I, I think this is probably a point that you haven't thought of. Um, the NCAA can fuck all the way off. Um, nobody cares about you. You're irrelevant. You're useless. You're not necessary. Yeah. Um, and you're self-important. You know. And by the way, while you're fucking all the way off, um, just go ahead and try and win that argument in court. Oh, well, you know, we released the guidance in the spring of 2022. Um but your your violation was in the fall of 2021, so that's the death penalty we're going to see, guys, in five maybe, years. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. How are you going to win that one in court? You're not. How many lawsuits is that going to spike? Yeah. Ask yourself that question. Yeah. By the way, here's the other thing. Now that you're a toothless old woman who probably just you know blows dudes for a living at truck stops, <laughs> which is what the NCAA is. I don't. That's probably over the top. That's probably over you the top. worked in old woman at truck stops into a college toothless, football team. Toothless old woman at truck Jesus. stops. Jesus. Look, the NCAA is nothing more than a lot lizard here. Let's be honest. I really don't care if you think it's us. Yeah, but the point is, the point is, why are you not tying the, the name image likeness stuff, the NIL, to the transfer portal? When are you going to figure out? Because they don't want that. That NIL and transfer portal are hand in hand. Yeah. When are you going to figure out? That, that much like herpes, God damn it. the NIL is a gift that just keeps <clears throat> on giving. And the transfer portal is just like the cherry on top of, <clears throat> of the gift in the Sunday of in the NIL. And when are you going to understand that the NIL and the, the transfer portal are on link? They are um, one. They are one. And for those of you who don't know, any NCAA athlete can put themselves in the transfer portal one time. And they can transfer one time without sitting out. So, you know, think about, I don't know, Caleb Williams, Humomo, you know, Heisman Trophy and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, why don't you come to USC, uh, you know, Keys on Van Nuys, the car dealership would like to give you a car deal. All gas, no break. Well, I mean, my former head coach is there already. Uh, yeah, let me go drive a Lexus and live in a luxury condo tower. And, you know, yeah, I think I'll do that. Let me You're welcome. Here. Put my name in the transfer portal. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> right? like Because that, that's what this is. And what the NCAA doesn't understand is we don't need you. Man. We don't need you, old men. We don't need you. Right? The NCAA is irrelevant. There's nothing you can do here. That's because, out of the window. 
whether it's Jake's white iguana in a carrying a bag of money to BYU, or, um, you know, because that's the first thing I saw on Twitter yesterday. Oh, BYU bag man's off the hook. Um, <laughs> BYU bag man. <laughs> Yet another made up figure. But it's amazing to it's amazing to me that the NCAA really thinks they're relevant here because in all seriousness, let's stop talking about grandma at the truck stop. In all seriousness, all the NCAA did yesterday was absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing changed. Like I reached out to one of the guys I know at BYU yesterday and I said, hey, what do you think of this? And he straight up said it changes absolutely nothing. We have always acted with ethics and we've always put the student athlete first. And um, God bless you, children. Okay. Like, what did you think? Right? Like everybody that immediately went to BYU's in trouble. No, BYU's not in trouble. BYU's built bar deal didn't break any rules. Like the NCAA is useless. They have no teeth. They're not an enforcement body. And the idea that they think they can go back and enforce previous violations before they were violations is stupid. Yeah. It doesn't, it, 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 it's not real. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean anything, man. The NCAA poisoned the water in college sports by holding on to all the money. When you when you grasp it all and you don't share it with the guys who made it for you, you send the Ed O'Bannons of the world to court, right? And you send the Scam Newtons to the boosters. Yeah. And everybody's making money and we're going to crack down. No, you're not. You're not, though. You're, you're not. It, yeah. it, there's no such thing. Yeah. The NCAA is a scam. The NCAA is a fraud. The NCAA doesn't educate kids or make men. They're a fraud. They're useless. And this whole NIL thing, until it, until the NCAA either does what they do now, which is just stand the fuck out of the way because nobody cares what you think. Yeah. No, it, the, nothing will improve. Because what is college football? It's the same as it's always been. The guys that have the money, the schools that have the boosters, the people that have, you know, the team T Boone Pickens Field at Jimmy Jones Stadium. Those are the guys who are going to get the best players. Well said. Those are the guys that are going to get the best coaches because coaches like driving Cadillacs and players like having PlayStations and queen beds in their dorm rooms. And they don't like living in dorms. They like living in houses and luxury condo towers. And that's what the transfer portal and the NIL combined together facilitates. It's not fucking real, right? All right. <laughs> it's not real. There's no NCAA regulations. When are, when are we going to get on with getting on? Yeah. The NCAA, college sports, is big business. And until we embrace the idea that NIL and the transfer portal are one, that's that we're, we're going to have envelopes going from booster to player. How the fuck else would you do this job? And that's what the NCAA wants to stop. They want to stop, you know, hey, Jimmy, who owns 71 car dealerships, walked up to, you know, uh, Greg Jones, the quarterback, and handed him a cash full envelope. And he will every single time. Okay, and what are you going to do about it? Because you can't prove anything, right? Because now you have NIL. So guys are getting paychecks from EA Sports and guys are getting paychecks from Built Bar yep. and guys are getting their tuition paid for by Built Bar. And, yep, yep. And, and ultimately, and this is where I'll leave this conversation, ask yourself this question. Why does it matter? 
Why do we care? Why do we care? Because the board needs to make money. They want to get paid. I think that's the, I think that's the biggest single issue to I me. I think my sneaking suspicion is they know that NIL and the transfer portal are connected. They don't want them to be. They don't want to put it together because they need a way to find you. They need a way to make money. What needs to happen here, and this is, I, I, this is not reinventing the wheel. Colleges need to leave the NCAA. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about this when back in the K-Fan days in 2014-2015. When BYU was in essentially in the Big 12, all but in the Big 12. And Texas and Oklahoma were trying to get USC to leave the, the PAC and the Big 12 and form a super conference. And USC wouldn't do it. And so Oklahoma and Texas said, we don't want the damn Mormons in their white iguana in our conference. <laughs> and so they didn't get in. And what did Texas and Oklahoma do? They left and joined a super conference. Um, like this, this is a, this is a game that's played with money. Yeah. And until somebody tells the NCAA to blow me and get out of here, cause we don't need you pack your shit. Let's go. Like, what do you need the NCAA for? Nothing. Literally nothing. They, they, what do they do? Do you think that the NCAA tournament doesn't go on without the NCAA? Cause I got news for you. It does. It does. And to me, there's nothing wrong with allowing kids to make money while they're in college. Yeah. It, it keeps the college game strong because these kids like in basketball, college basketball sucks. Yeah. Let's just be honest about yeah, it's it. It's terrible. There, It's not compelling. It's not interesting. When you have, you know, Jerry, the 85 year old man who's handing kids cash and stuff and the kid knows it's wrong. And he's like, all we're doing is breaking rules. That's that, I mean, that's what we're but doing. The rules, the, the, right. The rules don't need to be in place. There's but that's not, my point. Like, there's not a necessity like okay cool they paid the kid to come to their program who cares it's sanctioned bribery that's what the the yeah. the, the portal and the nil deals are yeah it sanctions bribery it brings it brings the robber in <laughs> in take the like, mask off you know, ring like, the doorbell let's stop this charade yeah well um you know tommy wants to go to oklahoma because he needs a good education he wants to Does be a soybean yeah, he wants to be a soybean farmer. A soybean you know, farmer. And he's got to learn how to water the particulates and the triglycerides Bro, to make the soybeans grow and cure people's prostates. That's what Jimmy wants. No, the defense. Yeah, the motherfucker wants to get paid and play college football so he can go to the NFL. That's what he wants. He doesn't want to be a prostate soybean farmer. I got news for you. Because nobody is picking soybeans over the NFL. Listen, I don't care if he's in the middle of open heart surgery. Get him on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Make the call. Okay. Let's go. I feel better. I feel good. Better. Good. All right. What do we got next? <laughs> yeah. By the way, Eric and Raleigh, great point. He says the robber needs to leave the mask on because of COVID. Thank you. Great. That's exactly Great right. point there, sir. The exactly coronavirus. Right. Excellent point. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. So we are tight on the clock. So let's let's get rolling with you decided to sign a new lease yesterday. <laughs> I we can't we can't we can't word it like that. I decided to give my money away for another year. Yeah. Yeah. How's that equity building? Yeah, it sucks. Um, isn't, it isn't happening. 
<laughs> so Jake signed a new lease yesterday for what? Six months, right? Nope, thirteen months. Ooh, thirteen months. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely the right decision. Yeah. Wow. So here's the thing, and and I think this is part and parcel to like the transfer porter on the NIL as well. Right. You got to do what's best for you. You got to make right decisions. Right. 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 And we're in a climate where right now it's probably better to, to rent than to buy. Pause, bro. Pause. So I'm not I don't live in a mansion. I live in a castle. Right. So, yeah, I live in what a four bedroom, essentially, if you count, you know, my basement with a closet. So, of course, it's a bedroom. Um, I live in a three bedroom with a finished basement, you know, like two, one, two, three, two and a half bathrooms. Right, right. I'm for real. My house is probably worth, I don't know what, four fifty. Let's be conservative. There's houses that have a one less bathroom, one less bedroom, and are about five hundred square feet smaller, selling for five fifty five. What the fuck are you talking about? Five hundred and fifty five thousand dollars. What? So the Fed raised interest rates last week half a point. Yeah. So it's really expensive to get money in this country. So not only are property values like insanely high. Yeah. But now interest rates are in the sixes. Mm-hmm. If you've got 700 credit, you're paying 6% interest on your mortgage. Yeah. It's untenable. Yeah. It is untenable. It is not a proposition that you should take on. I'm telling you, and I, I have almost never said this before. If you do not currently own a home, do not buy a house right now. Yeah. I'm tell- don't do it. Do not do it. Do not buy a home right now. And like, I live in South Jordan and I'm looking at some of these houses on the hill in daybreak and we walk through open houses pretty regularly. It's yeah. something we enjoy doing. Right. Mrs. Monty loves looking at houses. Right. So fixer, do I. Fixer flip. Right. We get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I, you know, right. fixer upper. Fucking A. Yeah. yeah. Flip or flop. Right. In things. Right. Um, my point is, these houses are so incredibly overpriced. It, it is like we walked through a house the other day that was a million dollar asking. And the lady's like, yeah, and I'm going to lease it back for 90 days too. So wait, let me, and I just want to make sure I understand what I'm buying here. So I'm buying your house um, for a million dollars. It was like 900,000, whatever. I'm buying your house for a million bucks. And then I have to lease it to you for 90 days. And... And that means I can't move in and I don't really own it, even though I have to pay the mortgage so you can live in it because your house. Here's here's what I don't like about her story that I was like, hmm. The lady whose house we walked through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we didn't know we were going to be moving soon. But yet you need to lease back the house for a few months. Yeah. And you didn't know that you could get so much money for your house. So yeah. you finally decided to list it. Yeah. Once and you found a property in Lehigh. Yeah, they're moving to, build, to Lehigh. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, we didn't know we'd be moving so soon. Yet you need to lease it back for 90 days. Uh, yeah. Something tells me you're not moving that soon. Yeah. I, I don't. And I think the thing that's very difficult is I do think a market correction's coming. I think we are now at a point where, and the scary thing is, and this is always, this is not worst case scenario, but. We've all been waiting for inventory, more houses to be up for sale, right? Inventory. Now that inventory is there and people are like, oh, we're going to sell our house in three days and we're going to have 37 offers. And well, it turns out that it takes longer than three days and you're lucky to get an offer in the first week. This is fucking America. You're starting to see that people's appetite for overpaying significantly is less now. And what you're also seeing is with interest rates being higher, 
fewer people want that $3,000 mortgage payment. Yeah. Because now they're saying that the average mortgage payment is creeping towards $3,000. Which is just insane. Right? So that takes a bunch of people out of the market already. And then you start looking at the 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 Bill Gateses of the world. Bill Gates yesterday yeah. said that there is a global economic slowdown coming. And you just begin to wonder at what point at what point do things change? I actually think we're not going to see a massive recession. I actually think we need a correction in the economic flow right now. And I think if we see a global economic slowdown, I don't think it's a bad thing. What does that even mean, though? Like That means that? that less money is going to be moving through banks. So fewer people are going to be buying goods. I yeah. think you're looking at fuel right now. Energy and fuel are two huge, huge market market problems. Because you look at what's going on, like India is in the middle of an incredible heat snap. Mm -hmm. But what are they doing? They're buying natural gas from Russia at all-time highs. One, India has always supported Russia, or at least in the modern era, has supported Russia. So they're going to buy energy from Russia. But you're starting to see that the Europeans now have to shift the way that they do business because they're not able to buy energy from Russia. Yeah. And they've committed to stopping the, the, the main fuel that they're buying from Russia is natural gas. They've committed to stopping purchases of natural gas from Russia over the next period of time. So I think you're seeing all of this happening and it just means that there's a, there's a trickle down effect. Fewer people are going to be driving on vacation over the summer now because the cost of gas is so high. Yeah. Right. So you're going to be going to places like, look at all the people at little Moab this past weekend. Mm -hmm. You're going to be, you're going to be staycationing. So you're going to be camping locally Instead of driving to Moab, instead of driving to Arizona in Sedona, instead of, yeah, you know, taking trips, taking trips, you're yeah. going to be staying local. So what's that mean? Well, that means that less gas is going to be consumed. Yep. But what that should also mean is the price of gas is going to go down, but it's not going to. It's not going to. So everybody, then what's going to happen? Well, the midterm elections are going to happen in the fall and people are going to blame Joe Biden. And then there's this abortion crisis. And you're starting to see all this turmoil mm -hmm. is starting to sap into the, the global markets. Look at how shitty the, the stock market is right now. One of the things the stock market always tells you is, hey, how much money is actually moving? And there's a whole lot of money not moving. There's a whole lot of people losing money in stocks right now. Look how down Bitcoin is. Yeah. What happened to all the the... The crypto guys. Yeah. What happened to all the Dogecoin guys? Remember, oh, that cute little puppy. Doge to the moon. Right. Yeah. Turns out Doge never went to the moon. Yeah. And really, it's because Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> Which, by the way, Mrs. Monty needs to come back in here. I cannot wait for this one. Now we get to talk about <laughs> now we get to talk about astrology. It's the fucking vernal equinox. It is the fucking vernal equinox. <laughs> Mercury is in retrograde, which means that your scrotum is going to view Mercury moving in reverse, which means... So it wait, wait, you you said boner, lot lizard, and now scrotum. No, I said old lady without teeth. Get it right. Sorry. And I said boner. Okay. Now we've said scrotum, thick scrotums. Oh. Anyway, the point is, Mrs. Monty, do you believe, do you believe, do you believe in astrology or Mercury in retrograde or whatever it is? 
Do you have a drop for that's a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> Here we go. What's your Virgo? Are you a Virgo? I'm a Virgo. You're a Virgo. Yeah. Okay. A Virgo's worst nightmare. Public embarrassment. Look, it doesn't mean it's bound to happen. <laughs> However, it's more likely now because Mercury's in retrograde. Yep. That's because this transit will impact your 10th house of public images. So don't worry about your 7th or 8th house. It's really this 10th house that's going to flood. The basement's going to flood. The roof's going to leak. You know, like you're probably going to have a broken window in the 10th house. So just know that's coming. Why? Why do people waste their time on this? It's just a distraction. It's just something that puts things in your mind that are not true. Like there is no, none, zero, zip evidence. Virgo, you might find yourself questioning a lot, which can be hard for... (laughs) Here's it. Here's it. You so can't make a, this astrology up. and psychics uh, all do the same thing. They give you a vague enough thing that it really applies to everyone, and you're like, oh, well, I am questioning this thing. Oh my look, god! Says, and maybe I'm not sure now. And Virgo, now, but what am I gonna do? Virgo, and, as a control freak, these periods can be hard for you. <laughs> you are absolutely a Virgo, and you are absolutely a control oh, freak. Oh man. I mean, I'm just, re- I'm just reading this. It's on the page. I'm, I'm just reading about you. Okay. Pisces. Yeah, is pull up m- the Pisces. Pisces is majorly affected by Mercury being in retrograde. You can also mm-hmm. expect physical issues within the home. Whoa. You did come down and we were upset this morning, but I'm just Y'all saying. Y'all feel me? It's super annoying that your microwave decided to stop working, but the problem is fixable. Have patience and perspective. Well, I, I'm a guy, actually, that's not me. Cause I have a lot of patience and a lot of perspective. Fucking A. That's a lot. I have almost no patience. Pisces are known for being super sensitive, but just remember, you don't need to feel the weight of the world all of the time. Focus on those who are closest to you and give yourself space to breathe. These are like, they are literally applicable to everyone in the world. Like they just what? give you enough to go like, oh, maybe they're just <laughs> Wait a minute. What? No, Mercury's Wait. in retrograde. You know what? Don't say these that things. That light flickered. That's what's happening. At Donnie, please. Dad is here. The lights flickered. Dad is watching. Daddy. <laughs> it you, is. You, do, you, what, do you hate everything or just me? I just don't want to waste my time with things that are a bunch of bullshit. And she took offense. <laughs> Oh my God. And you know, the funny thing about this conversation, you are a perfect levity for me because I am at the, like I do, Mrs. Monty and I sit right next to each other all day long working and she'll be like, she'll just reach over and she'll be like a fist bump or she'll be like, Hey fat ass, did you drink water here? Why don't you drink some water? I'll go refill our cups. Like never do I say fat ass. Well, I mean, I think I hear you say fat ass, but that could just be fat. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't my, you're the perfect levity for me. Because I actually like reading my horoscope. I, I haven't read it in years. But when I worked in downtown Chicago, we would get on Metro and get the Chicago Sun-Times. And I would read my horoscope every single day. Dear Abby and my horoscope, got to do it. What are the comments saying? Okay, yeah. By the way, in the comments, do you guys believe in your horoscope? Eric and Raleigh says, people believe in astrology like some believe in religion, but they lack the ability to understand what they don't understand. Okay, I don't disagree with that. And the night guy says, like religion. Exactly. Exactly. Why are we having a Democrat-Republican conversation? Jesus Christ, Tanner, man. Come Tan, on. Tanner Plummer says, guys, 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 Come guys. Come on. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Um, not to get too political. Hey, guys. Uh, 
hoping that Democrats can hold their own in the midterms. <laughs> me too, Tanner. God, me too. Thanks hey guys. for bringing it up, buddy. Me too. By the way, Mrs. Monty absolutely had a meltdown the other day about abortion. Oh, absolutely. Boy. You made some comment about Mitch McConnell reaching up into your, your vagina or something. We're on to Cincinnati. I, I don't believe I actually said that. Are I you? just can't believe that we're having this fucking conversation still. And it's the great distraction. And this is, is. A, a lot of how politics works. Distract the people with something and do something else. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says, I'm a Gemini. Quote, you like to eat food, drink water, and walk on your feet and have eyes. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> he is a Gemini. Are we all Gemini? Dude. Oh, my God. You know what? I think I have a Gemini rising sign. I'm going to go and put some money into some freaking rocks to hold that's going to make me more powerful. What the fuck? Please stop one buying crystals that you think are going but to look, make you feel better. Look, Gwyneth Paltrow, if I want to shove egg-shaped rocks yeah, in my vagina, right. I can do that. I'm going to put quartz up my vagina. <laughs> and, oh, then <laughs> she on, got sued. Uh, oh, no. no. And also, rubbing the rock on your face isn't going to take care after, of your Wait, if you rub the rock either. on your face after you put it in your vagina, so you, and then you... Stop it. Uh, Eric and Riley... Like uh, oh, no. <laughs> this, is, this is what makes me angry. Hi. And Garcy says, I'm a Virgo, and I definitely have the need to speak to your manager attitude. <laughs> yes, I But do Tim too. is not a Virgo, and he will... 100% ask for the manager. <laughs> oh, man. I don't ask for the manager. I'm with Mrs. Monty, Tanner says. I think horoscopes are a bunch of BS. They are. They're going to give you just enough <coughs> generality that it might apply. And you're like, oh, that's Giggity, how psychics work too. Giggity says, wait, what, Mrs. Monty, what do you want to rub on your face? <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of rock. Oh, the Nye guy says, I'm an Aquarius. Said I'm going to eat Cool Ranch Doritos and drink vanilla Coke today. Whoa. <laughs> exactly. Like By the way, wait, I, I sold the- Yeah, I, you I, missed I, the whole point of the conversation. Well, fuck. Mercury's in retrograde, so we all get free burgers at McDonald's. Yeah, come on, guy. As long as you download the app. Like you- It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. Yeah, you get free chicken sandwiches and burgers at McDonald's because it's the Vernal Equinox. Yeah. Or Mercury the fucking vernal equinox. is in taint. I don't know. but Okay, if, if Mercury you, is in taint? If you download the McDonald's app, you get, what is it, a free chicken sandwich yeah, or a McDouble? Yeah, I think it's a, uh, a McDouble or a chicken sandwich. We're going sandwich. to give you some free poison. Yay. <laughs> wow. Download our app so we can track you, get your information, Whoa. and we'll give you some free poison. <laughs> Yay. Every time I hear that vomit sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Yep. By the way, by the way, I ate 2,300 calories yesterday, mm -hmm. 2,296 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I had dreams that I overate on calories last night. I was super hot all night long because <clears throat> somebody wouldn't turn the fan on. So what is, I, <coughs> I wake up, it's, it's 4.33. I wake up, I sit up in bed and I am hot. And I'm sitting there in it like 4.40, Mrs. Monty like stirs, and she rolls over, turns on the fan. Great. Thanks for doing that when I have to get out of bed. Thank you. And then I go in the bathroom, brush my teeth, do my hair, you know, like fondle myself, whatever. Right, Come out of the bathroom right. like seven minutes later, right. and the fan's off already. And she's all like burrowed into the bed under the blankets. What kind of woman runs a fan for seven minutes? Fire and fury. It's called menopause. Uh, things we don't need to know as men. Quiet. 
Quiet. Yeah, we, look. I, you know. I'm glad I'm not a woman. A, I don't have to give birth. B, Mitch McConnell can't tell me what to do with my body. Um, right? And C, I don't have to worry about menopause. You know. What are you thinking right the now? The death stare is currently a crime. Yeah. If murder wasn't illegal, there'd be a lot more dead men. Yeah, um, you'd be dead fat ass because I'd have killed you long ago. Very true. Very true. My daughter's softball coaches are a joke. It literally kills me not to jump in and direct or correct everything wrong with the team. LOL. Wow. And Garcy, spar down. James Knight says, did you give Mrs. Monty three of your best minutes, Monty? No, she won't. I'm married. We don't do that. Um, Big Dog o Towns. <laughs> Wow. She does not appreciate that. That was over the weekend. Uh, Big Daddy. Dog Oton said, yeah, thank you. Danny, uh, I'm Aquarius. What's that mean? Go I, back to the article. Nothing. It doesn't affect Aquarius. It does. Mercury in retrograde only affects like four signs. And two does of it them affect are Sagittarius? It does not. Oh, okay, Nothing good. affects Sagittarius because you guys are can't read. So yeah, they don't. There you go. You know. Me. Anyways, also, side note, Jeremy Bolton says, just bought ourselves a brand new car. My wife said I got worked at the dealer, but we got exactly what we wanted. Wambo. What kind <laughs> of car did you get? worked at the dealer. What kind of car <laughs> did you get? Mrs. Okay. Monty and I, but and we're way late now. We but, literally have the statement right here. It's hilarious that this got brought up. Yeah. we uh, So we dropped the Jeep off at Hinkley Overlanding yesterday. By the way, new video Saturday. Yeah, new video <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. Um, we're going to Moab on Friday. Um, so we dropped the Jeep off yesterday. So we broke a part or a part broke or whatever happened while we were rock climbing or rock crawling this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to fix that. And then we were putting on a, a Terraflex tire carrier, some rock slider side steps and a light. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the Jeep comes out of that. But are we all enjoy? I, I'd like Mrs. Monty. I think you're really enjoying the Jeep process. I really like it. And then like, as soon as I start liking it, he's like, Hey, um, so it's already overvalued. So we might need to Didn't think about it selling it, it soon. Didn't buy it to and keep I'm it. Like, Fuck, I, I barely, it's been a month. Okay, so the other thing we need to talk about is what are we going to name the Jeep? Why do Okay. Why do we need to name cars? Cuz it's fun. Is it? Well, Mrs. Monty wants to name the Jeep Carol. Carol? That was her answer yesterday. I said, no. "What do you want to name the Jeep?" No, Jake. She first said Sheila. Not. She first said Sheila and I said, "What about Hello. Brinley?" Brinley. They're done. The Jeep's name is Brinley. <laughs> <laughs> What would you name the Jeep if I'm you could name it? I'm going to be late to work because I'm going to need to do some meditation. Get the meditation. fuck out! <laughs> what should we name the Jeep? Should we name the Jeep at all? Because I would name it Carl, Cliff, Steve, Scott, like a guy's name. Jeff. No. Kent. Cliff. No. Cliff. Yeah, I mean, I Cliff guess. Cliff was the name of the Tacoma. I guess. I don't know. Which was also lifted. You know, Jeremy Bolton says, name it LaCaron. Exactly. Oh, he. Oh, you got a Telluride. Yeah. He got a 2023 Kia SX Telluride Nightfall Edition. Oh, you ordered it. You ordered it. So you ordered it, Jeremy Bolton. You stud. Uh, Name it Obama. 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 Barack. Uh, (laughs) Barack. Eric and Raleigh (laughs) says, name it short-term investment. Okay. Call it Alex Caruso. Is Tanner. that what STI stands for? Yes. Short-term investment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Look yes. at Mrs. Monty. It was well played. Well played. <gasps> Name the Jeep Bucket of Bullets. Exactly. BB. Bucket Bob. of Bullets. Bob. Bob. Come on. Okay. Work with me. Bob. Okay. <laughs> He's just a hack. 
we could yeah. na- we could name it Bob. We we could we could name it. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Dude, just hello. left him hanging. Yeah, leave me hanging man. here, dude. Could name it Bob. I don't dislike that. All right, we have to go because oh, it's seriously man. five to eight. Mrs. Monty from way downtown. Yeah, Eric and Raleigh says F. Yeah, we ordered it. But it's coming in in a month. Someone ordered one but canceled, so we snagged it up. Ooh. Nice, dude. If you call a Caruso, uh, it'll be in impound in a month. Thanks. Jerk. Gotta pictures, call it. You got you to gotta have pictures when it rolls up. The Nye guy says, got to call it the casual. Maybe that's Ooh. our next vanity plate. Casuals. Yeah. That's oh. a good one. It's available. Yeah. Oh. By the way, you look lovely today, Mrs. Monty. Your hair is Don't like radiant. Don't try to save yourself. No, I'm serious. Doesn't she look? She, you actually look. <laughs> hey, look. A guy's got to do what he's got to do to get a little. Retrograde. Kind of The Vernal Equinox. <laughs> wow, you guys are cocks. I mean, there was a lot lizard reference. So. There was a lot. You know, say goodbye, Mrs. Monty. Goodbye, Mrs. Monty.